This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. What's up, besties? <laughs> right? These are our ride-or-die peeps. We love them. I know. My sister got me this new wine cup, too. It says, Mama with a Masters. Oh, because hell I, yeah. Yeah. It's great. For those of you who don't know, I just got my MBA on Saturday. <laughs> I'm officially, supposedly, smart enough to run a business. Do not let me. Mm-mm. You run half of this. <laughs> yeah. This is fun, though. Maybe if I found a business that was fun. Maybe this will become a business that's fun. But for now, it's I consider Ooh. it like a quasi-professional hobby because I feel like we re- we need professional skills, but we're not paid. So yeah. <laughs> it can't really be called professional. Well, so we're not getting paid you. yet, but we're working yeah. on it. I don't know who should sponsor us, but someone should. Adam and Eve. (laughs) Yes. Sure. Why not? Well, my dear, are we ready to dive into Liliana? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, tonight's on Liliana. (laughs) It's like the last episode or the last romance option in Dragon Age Origins. So that and the title of the episode that I posted on the live stream is Leliana. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, oh Palace is a wine company should sponsor Ooh. us. And I could not agree more. <laughs> That's a good idea. Very much agree. Mm hmm. Preferably a wine or winery that has a sassy name. Maybe a, a sexy name, even. Uh, we have a winery out here called Hip Chicks. I like it. Or Naked. Or Boring. Or, my God. Boring? Yeah, there's the city of Boring. Oh. Sounds boring. I love it. Boring Winery is <laughs> actually one of my favorites. That's cute. Yeah, Naked Winery is definitely the winner, I think, for name-wise. Mm-hmm. 
I am a trash person. The wine I usually am drinking is some sort of apothic red blend. <laughs> I'm drinking apothic dark right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like how I'm still even in wine choices. I'm the lighter version of the two of us. <laughs> I love us. I love us. <laughs> I love us too. Oh. All right. We have the script. We have the audios. We have the water and wine. I think, my dear, we are good to go. We don't have the religion, so guys, leave if you are. <laughs> well, Eliana does. Well, Eliana definitely has enough religion for I the think, both of us. I think most religions would shy away from this podcast. Uh, not all of them. Hmm. Maybe I'll become religious. Hmm. Uh, and my water is actually a monster. <laughs> oh my gosh. They taste like acid. Really? I, I can't, love them. I can't drink them. Somewhat, well, okay. I've never actually tried a monster on its own, but sometime, one time when I was in the Navy, someone handed me a monster. Well, no, wait, that was a Red Bull with oh, vodka no. or something. Vodka Red uh, Bull is definitely a thing. And uh, no. It tasted like Ass. the afterlife. Yeah, it was. I was like, I'm dead. This is, I'd speed through life and just die after finishing this drink. It was horrible. Yeah. Okay, I'm just kidding. Done digressing. <laughs> Wait, hold on. P.F. Apollo's, did you see P.F. Apollo? What he Pagans. said? <laughs> Wait. No, the Arbor Mist person. <laughs> that made me giggle. <laughs> Oh, and pagans love this podcast. Yes. I mean, yeah. 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 Like, you can't see all of my pagan accoutrement in my house, but it, it exists. I'm definitely, I'm not a devotee of anything, but I love, I love being a, a poser, witch aesthetic. So I'm just not very devout no. for anything. Except for cats. Which is very pagan. <laughs> yeah, it really is, though. What's up, Freya? Alright. Third time's the charm. Welcome back to Two Girls, One Ship, where we rate, review, and dissect all of your favorite video game romances and relationships. I'm Genesis, the girl who is about to give Ravada a panic attack. By telling her, I still have Christmas shopping to do. Oh, no. Really? That won't give me a panic attack. Yeah, I don't care about that. We opened our Christmas presents yesterday. I don't care about that. The fact that I still have, like... Um, wait, who... But Rexy is all done. But who... Rex is done. Okay, well then that's fine. Nobody else matters. I have... <laughs> I have my brother, my sister, my <laughs> other sister, my mom. Yeah. I've got all the big ones to go by. Oh. I mean, I'm not going to panic on your behalf, but I will, <sighs> like, quietly chuckle at the bed you've made oh, no, for I yourself. I do it every year. I love like, it. I love, going out day on uh -huh. I love going out shopping on Christmas Eve and just going into the store and be like, okay, I need to really think about my brother. What does Monk need right now? And then I'll look around and find him the perfect gift in the moment. 
I mean, I'm, you should be like a professional gift shopper person, gift giver. That exists, right? Yeah, for sure. rich people. Like, oh, <laughs> I have killed um, the cups. But yeah, and I. Oh, <laughs> maybe they're like me. I finished my shopping weeks ago. Like, picked out the perfect gift for my sister, wrapped it, sent it off. Like, January, or not January. Oh my God. That'd be crazy. Early December. She's had it under her tree for ages. And I keep telling her to open it early because I just want her mm-hmm. to open it early. I kind of get that, especially for but, because it's like all the people that I shop for are right here. So we are getting together on Christmas to exchange gifts. So I don't have to worry about buying stuff yeah. beforehand. I mean, I do that for a few people or like <laughs> I was buying myself something online and ordered something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And ordered something for somebody else. I treat myself. That's why I'm difficult to shop for, because I will buy myself stuff 24-7, 365. I know what I want. And now I have the money to do it. So I'm just going to do it. I see it. I want it. I get it. I also. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I need to learn to save up. (laughs) Did you buy a car? I bought a car congratulations a new car or mm-hmm. um oh ooh, that's always fun mm-hmm. the husband's or, truck wouldn't start Aww. so i said let's go buy a car and he this, said okay so this we is when all the car yeah this is when all the car sales happen you just get this year's model instead of next year's model and then you can save a lot that's how i bought my that. first I bought car 22 oh big spender <laughs> Touching, yeah. Should dare I ask what kind Probably of car? more than we should have? Uh, it is a 2022 Kia Nero fully EV, meaning we are a fully electric vehicle. I'm jealous. I really want an electric car. My my car that my husband drives now because I got a mom mobile Subaru, <laughs> um, but he took my car, traded in his car to get the mom mobile, and I have a Prius. So the most I have is a hybrid. But someday I would love an electric car. Mm. We just don't live anywhere where people care about that and have there's like no electric charging ports anywhere. So oh. wouldn't work when we leave here though. That's why you're moving. Yeah. A year and a half. I love how we're like fifteen minutes into our chat and haven't gotten in through the intro. I know. Yet. We can we can stop. I mean, I I didn't get a panic attack, but I'm also like it's cute that you guys are all together. The reason I have to plan is because military life like my husband's in i was in my sister was in we are scattered to the winds so Mm -hmm. it definitely takes more planning time just to get stuff there i would prefer it your way though just so we're all together but um yeah so i guess i'm vervada the girl who wishes i could have christmas with her family (laughs) that sounds nice and kind of pathetic (laughs) yeah but this episode marks the end of Dragon Age December, which is a little a little sad, but don't worry, more Dragon Age to come in the future. So, just in case you're new here, we go deep into the story with analysis of both the character and the romance itself. So, here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks to Sam, who is going to have a permanent disadvantage on all wisdom saving throws if he has to have that surgery. Stock up on ice cream, dude. You're gonna need it. He has to have a surgery? 
Yeah, and I would also like to shout out to Let's Not and Cloudy Atlas for help on that one this week. <laughs> um, he uh, has some issues with his wisdom teeth going on. I don't know if this is really my story to share. He's a baby. So... I still have all of mine. I only have three. Isn't that weird? Like, the fourth one just never, never existed in my mouth. And I still have them. I'm well past the age of when people normally get them out. And I apparently just never came in. They just decided to chill in my gums for all of eternity. But, um, yeah, onward. We're going to wade through this somehow. While we do provide some background context on the character we're analyzing... We assume that you already have some background knowledge on the overall plot and characters of the story. If you're looking for more detailed lore regarding Dragon Age, please check out the Dragon Age Lorecast on the Robots Radio Network. Today's episode is on Sister Leliana from Dragon Age Origins. Not afraid. We go to fight for a good cause, and there is nowhere else I would rather be. You are my dearest friend and my love. You lead my path through darkness, and I will stand with you to whatever end. This day, we will forge a legend of our own. I love that line. This day, we will forge a legend of our own. Really good. Leliana is originally from the country of Orlais, which is why she has the quasi-French accent. She is what is known as a bard, which is basically a traveling minstrel with a thief and assassin side hustle. But she wasn't always a bard. Her origin story is actually really similar to Alistair's. Her mother was a Ferelden serving girl and had a bastard baby, and then she died. And then that baby was left to be raised by a kind noble. In Liliana's case, that noble is Dame Cecile Vesur. Liliana first learned how to dance and sing to entertain the noblewoman, as she was much older and didn't leave her estate in Val Royale much. When you first meet Liliana, she is in the town of Lothering in Ferelden as a lay sister of the Chantry. It's not quite a nun, but a serious devotee, the maker. The blight is on. You are definitely not in Orlais, and Liliana is no longer the apple in Dame Cecilie's elderly eyes. She makes her grand appearance doing what she does best, defying expectations. Some of Loghain's lackeys fight you in a bar, because why not? And Liliana helps you fight. With her Erlesian accent and talent in combat, she immediately sticks out. I generally bring her on every mission, because she picks all my locks for me. (laughs) But following the fight, she explains that the Maker had sent her a vision, which meant that she must aid the Warden in the quest to end the Blight. This is actually a major departure from the Chantry's teachings, as they claim the Maker does not communicate directly with individuals. However, Leliana is firm in her belief. She is unique in her ardor for the Maker and her religious beliefs. While Alastair was sent to be a Templar, a religious order of knights, essentially, He's hardly a believer. And Morgan outright questions Leliana's sanity. (laughs) Morgan hates everything Chantry, so that's not surprising. Another reason Morgan might question Leliana's sanity is simply because Liliana, despite her dark past as a bard, 
is almost childlike in her belief in true love and her desire to be monogamous. Liliana still believes in love, which is a heroic feat considering what Majolaine did to her. In order to understand how precious Liliana's love is, it's important to understand the background of her experiences with Majolaine. So here's the content warning. We will be briefly discussing a plot that includes child abuse, grooming, and emotional abuse. Fun stuff. That's sarcasm. Yeah. Can't tell. Why do they do that? Yeah. Why do you gotta have a traumatic story? background? True. Okay. So here's the deal with Marjolaine. Leliana first met her when she was 16, and Marjolaine was so cool. She was a spy master, sexy, seductress, assassin. Basically all the femme fatale spy tropes. Leliana got a bad case of the fangirl and left Val Royale to become a bard with Marjolaine and her crew, consisting of a dwarven warrior named Tug and an elven mage Sketch. I wish I was making up their names. Tug and Sketch. Leliana adored Marjolaine. She was everything Leliana hoped her to be, and she became her mentor and lover. Keep in mind, Marjolaine is an adult and Liliana is, or at the time was, a sheltered 16-year-old child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, child being the operative word. Marjolaine took advantage of Liliana's adoration, and Liliana did anything and everything at Marjolaine's behest. Liliana never really elaborates on the full details of what she did during those years, but it can be inferred that lots of murder, seduction, and spying happened in Orle, they call this the game. Eventually, after an operation to plant military documents in a noble's room, Leliana discovered that the documents would compromise Orle and did not want to betray her country. She convinced Marjolaine to steal back the documents, but Marjolaine betrayed her. She stabbed her and then had Leliana captured by the hardline mercenary company. When you called it the game, the first thing that popped in my head was the Triple H theme music. Time to play the game. It wasn't, I lost the game. Show my age. No. <laughs> I used to be a big wrestling fan. That's oh. a tangent for another day. My husband will love that. He's still a wrestling fan. Oh, really? Oh, okay. No, no, tangent. no more, no more tangents. Laliana <laughs> was tortured. God, how do I say that with a happy voice? Okay. Laliana was tortured and kept in Ferelden and was to be sold to Orlais as a traitor. However, a high-ranking Orlesian chantry priestess, the Reverend Mother Dorothea, took pity on Laliana and helped set her free. Laliana led a heroic charge to free the other prisoners, defeat the mercenaries, and later, finding Marjolaine, recovered the documents, but allowed Marjolaine to run off then she became a lay sister in Lothering until you meet her during the Blight. Or that's at least the version of events told in the Leliana song DLC, which is told from Leliana's perspective. She says she added bits for flair and drama, so who knows? <laughs> Bards are notorious <laughs> for adding flair. Thank you, Dandelion. Unreliable narrators are far from uncommon in Bioware games. <clears throat> True. You Mr. said Catalyst. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Everyone, if it's anyone's point of view, you know it's not exactly the truth. But all right, you all know what you need to know about Leliana to listen to us talk about the romance. So we're going to head into a quick break where we talk about some fun facts and you'll hear about some of the other awesome podcasts on the Robots Radio Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry, and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember, swooping is bad. Here are some fun facts about Laliana. I admit that I took great pleasure in the intrigue back in Orlais. It was dangerous and chaotic and exciting, but it destroyed my life. Statistically, she is the most commonly picked romance option in Origins. And I don't know how I feel about that. I, like, I've i literally never met anyone who fangirls or fan persons over Liliana. Like, everyone I've ever met is like, Alistair was my first true love of my entire life. So I thought it would be Alistair. Mm-hmm. But no, apparently it's Liliana. Well, I guess it's just really the type of person. Because I know one canon Liliana shipper. Mm. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that okay. at the end of the show. We did a little bit of research yeah. on it. She has also appeared the most out of any other Dragon Age character. Meaning that she's in future games more than anybody else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's true, which is, I think it's mainly because she also has an appearance in Dragon Age 2 and is just such a huge character in Inquisition. 
I believe she's also in some of the media, like comics and stuff. I have some. It's just been a long mm. time since I read it. But um, according to Cheryl Chi, the writer who wrote Leliana for both Origins and Inquisition, Leliana's signature scent would be sugared roses, incense, and candy floss. So, like, all the hot scents of Bath and Body Works from the early 2000s, basically. Gag me. Super sickly sweet. Actually, I think I owned sugared roses back in the day. I was a Japanese cherry blossom girl. Mm. My... I think that mainly had to do with I was in love with all anime, and it was had the word Japanese in it because I'm an idiot. It smelled good, too, though. My bestie was a sweet pea girl. I remember that. My mom was Moonlit Path. I think my sister was sweet pea. Okay. Sad, but I actually do have one serious little bit to get to. Because today I was sent a message, uh, a direct message on the Robots Radio Discord. This person didn't want their name read out, but wanted to share their story with us. They found us, like some of you have, uh, by listening to the Mass Effect Lorecast. And they state, the lore cast and then your podcast have really given me exactly what I wanted from podcasts. You're the only two I have ever listened to, and I feel like I'm around friends. Like N7 said on an episode back on his, a lot of other people who play Mass Effect were or are in the military. I'm no exception. Keep on a fair share of PTSD, and you become a socially awkward sci-fi fan. You all have done wonders for me since summer. I don't talk much in chat, but I'm always laughing behind the scenes. And I can't thank you enough for that. And so to you that sent me that message, that really means a lot to me. My husband is former military, and while I never served, I have seen some of the struggles he has been through. And if my crazy ass can make someone laugh or reflect on video games in a new light, then I've done my job. Agreed. I was in the military, although I had a nice cushy desk job as a translator. But I definitely, I think there's something to be said about the um, camaraderie that you get from these games, specifically Dragon Age and Bioware, or sorry, Dragon Age and Mass Effect, obviously both Bioware games, because of how involved you get romantically or otherwise with the companions they feel like real friends they feel like a real squad which is something i know i miss so much about military life i've been out since 2016 and i've kind of found it again a little bit with this community right and the discord and stuff so if you guys really want somebody to talk to we have our own discord which we'll talk about at the end of the show but thank you for reaching out whoever you are I'm glad that we help. I, I'm I'm just my awkward self, so I'm glad. I learned a long time ago that it's better to laugh with me than at me, so I just do my own awkward thing, and I'm glad people find it funny. <laughs> and, I mean, I seriously, I love the community that is the Robots Radio Network Discord. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, not only did you and I meet on there, but, and I mean, I just talked about this on my Patreon uh, episode on the Mass Effect Lorecast. Like, there's seriously so many awesome people on there. One, being a woman on the internet, I always go into new situations with a bit of trepidation. And like, okay, am I about to walk into a, quote, room 
with a bunch of skis balls. And that hasn't happened. And we've been in there for like a couple solid months now. And it it just makes me so happy that I have found a community that I feel safe and I feel happy. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I love you guys. And I'm just going to get white girl drunk and start crying about it. <laughs> white girl wasted. White girl wasted. Um, but yeah, if you guys... If you guys are feeling feeling it with us, then don't forget, Spotify now has a new rating feature. So from any show page in the Spotify app, you can just tap to rate on a scale from one to five stars as long as you've listened to at least 30 seconds of an episode. So we love you all. And if our milkshake brings you to the yard, let us know that it's better than yours by leaving a rating. So far, we have 19 five-star reviews on Spotify. So thank you to all 19 of those shipsters out there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we love you. It's so fun. Yes. I was honestly at the beginning was a little nervous about Twitch streaming because I've never, even though I'm a huge video game nerd, I am an introvert. I am INFJ for those of you into Myers-Briggs. I have never really done online sphere stuff. So I think I got lucky as this is my first experience with like internet gamer friends and everyone's so awesome Mm -hmm. and not creepy or gross. Mm -hmm. So I really love it. And we found each other. Like that would have never happened. Obviously, I (laughs) never, never. Oh my gosh, I know. And it's so awesome that maybe in the future we'll be moving to where you're at and then we could be like IRL friends too. Yes. Which is exciting because I miss I miss going outside my house. Oh. <laughs> COVID. Yeah. Let's get back to Leliana. Do you want to know a secret? This tale of foolish people long ago, I know what happened and what is true. But I don't know how it should end. Let me tell it one more time. And perhaps together, we will see. That song is totally a jam. When I started listening to it, I was like, uh, yeah, can I just get this without her voice? Nightingale's Eyes, like it's like an alternate version of that song, Nightingale's Eyes. That mm. you hear it as a um, pub song in Inquisition. They have a whole Inquisition pub song album. It's on Spotify, if you wanted to look that up. It's great. Sarah is my favorite just because it's just a catchy tune. Mm-hmm. Okay. In order to romance Eliana, you cannot romance anyone else. She is strictly monogamous and is not interested in a fling like Saron. Similar to Alistair, she will only bed the warden once you have fallen in love with each other. To do that, you must face off with Marjolaine and finally deal with that loose end from Liliana's past. Once she is out of the picture for good, the romance can truly begin. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, Liliana is a huge hypocrite. She is sweet and girly, but this is totally at odds with her murderous bard persona. It's hard to tell where that persona ends and where the real Liliana begins, Or even which is which. She herself can't tell sometimes either, and she'll mention it to the warden occasionally. She will strictly condemn any evil acts the warden may make, and will verbally protest whenever the warden kills someone, 
despite her literally killing people all the time. I kind of like the dichotomy, though. Like, cute, sweet, and fucking innocent, but then I'll also stab you. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, it, like Harley Quinn-esque, you know, except not insane. Yeah. Like how Harley Quinn's super cutesy and likes cute stuff and is girly, but she's also like a murderous villain. Liliana's not a villain and she's not insane, but kind of some similar complete opposite personality war going on in her body. Yeah. I mean, she's also an apparently an amazing storyteller and spy, but often gets flustered and stumbles over her words during conversations. This may be attributed to her speaking in English, a.k.a. Ferelden, instead of French, a.k.a. Orlesen, but it's also a case of informed ability, where we are told something about the story rather than witnessing it unfold narratively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally lean towards the fact that it's all a facade, that Liliana became the mask of the shy, naive, and innocent Chantry sister to escape Marjolin. She becomes more confident as the game progresses, and she settles somewhere between Sister Liliana and the cunning bard spy of her past. The romance progresses not just by talking and listening to her a lot, but by slowly chipping away at the many curated layers of Liliana's masks. Eventually she'll tell you this. Sometimes it takes another to show us the truths we hide from ourselves. Even for an illusion, Liliana has a lot of masks. Her romance and character arc is one of death, rebirth, and personal understanding. Once you've done the hard work, your effort pays off with a romance that helps to heal her. See, the thing with abuse is, is that it slowly chips away at who you are. It can be assumed that Marjolaine was her first romantic relationship Liliana ever had, and it's not anywhere close to healthy. Marjolaine groomed her, emotionally manipulated her, and gaslit her, abandoned and betrayed her over a perceived slight, and then left Leliana as a shell of a person. Like many abused people, Leliana had carved out her personality to replace it with who Marjolaine wanted her to be. Doubtly so to live a life of a bard. Mm-hmm. It also makes sense why she latched so tightly onto the Chantry after Majolaine's betrayal. Left unsure of who she really is, she wore a new mask, and this is why her particular brand of religious believer can come off as annoying occasionally. She extends sympathy to anyone, without regard to context, which is why she will chastise the warden for killing someone on one hand, and then have no real problem doing it herself. She's also a bit tone-deaf, parroting Chantry beliefs as if they were her own. For instance, if you're an elven warden, you can tell her off for some of the things she says about elves to you. She will say that elven servants are prized in Orle for their skill and attractive appearance. Or thank a Dalish elf warden for not being one of the savages who steal women. Or should I say that in her accent? Savages <laughs> who steal women. this actually raises her approval though because Liliana is a good person at heart and wants to be better her whole arc in origins is about atonement and she realizes that she is not a block of marble to chisel away at for the sake of another but a living person imperfect and ever-changing 
Whether you romance or befriend Leliana, it is wonderful to see this change. Leliana is the foil to Zevran. They are both foreigners with backgrounds as seductive assassins. While Zevran is a dual-wielding tank of a rogue, Leliana is skilled in dexterous technical skills and archery. While they both come from unwed peasant parents, Leliana was raised privileged and sheltered in a wealthy home, and Severin was raised communally in a whorehouse. Leliana often questions her dark side, while Severin fully embraces it. And now we move on to the sexy bits. My only rule regarding sex is that it be done well. Unfortunately, this is the fourth time I've watched this romance play out. Not like re-watching Liliana over and over again four times, but it's the exact same scene that we have seen. So we've already covered everything that happens in this romance. I have some major issues too. <sighs> what I mean that it is the exact same romance scene... I literally mean they did absolutely nothing to change it whether or not your warden is male or female. Women who have sex with other women don't have sex the same way that they have sex with men. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't any of that. It doesn't work that way, and I hate it. These scenes were designed for the male gaze and not for the women who love other women. I'm really hoping that the games in the future we talk about will actually show the sex scenes can't be body swapped or reused for convenience. I get it from a developer's standpoint. I understand game coding is difficult. <sighs> but from a viewer standpoint, from a player standpoint, make the sex believable. <laughs> Pretty please. please. With a cute nug on top. I totally agree, especially considering that while Liliana is bi, technically, she prefers women in the same way that Zephyrin does. So you would think that they would have paid a little more attention to the woman-on-woman -woman sex scene. Um, and like as we said before, Liliana is the most popular romance option in Dragon Age Origins. And while both Jen and I haven't romanced her, it's easy to see why, I suppose. She's cute and girly which coupled with her serious penchant for romance makes her an ideal romance versus just a sex partner. RPG romances are unique in that you are typically playing as a quasi version of yourself, which makes it that much easier for the bleed out effect to happen. The bleed out effect refers to when you take on your character's emotion as your own, which is why the love players feel for the video game romance options feels so real. Because it is. It's also one of the reasons why origin romances feel so powerful, even after all these years later. It's easier to identify with a character that is only vaguely sketched out versus greatly detailed. Because you as the player fill in the gaps with your own personality. The warden doesn't speak, so even though your lines are pre-written you hear your own voice reading them in your head and it makes all those choices more impactful. Yes. So this all coalesces into a projected identity and allows the player, AKA me, you, and many other players everywhere, the ability to be our own hero for a bit and to fall in love safely, just a tiny bit 
rather than all out in the open like in real life. This is another reason why sexuality can be realistically explored through video game romance. But that, my hopeless romantics, is a topic for another day. Liliana appears in the other two Dragon Age games and in some of the other media, but she can't be romanced or even flirted with again. That means, if you did romance her, she's faithful to the bitter end. I wouldn't expect anything less from her. So, Jen, what do you rate this Joan of Archetype? <laughs> That's cute. I do like the faithfulness. That I like that idea. This one was rough for me. Um, because I like her. I really do. I mean, she seems like a cute friend, somebody I would totally hang out with. But thinking of all my other options in game, I like her, but I don't want her. Maybe the six. Yep, that's me too. <laughs> I think I'll pick a six for her because she's not a bad romance at all. Um, wow. <laughs> I know. Immediately went to Lady Gaga. Um, like she's cute and stuff. Oh, bye, Mary. My cat just left. Um, anyway, I don't like how jealous she can get if you flirt with other people. She's pretty clingy, which... She's not as bad as Liara. She's not as bad as Liara. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I'm sure that there's some, you know, there's trauma there. She needs uh, to work on that. And in Origins, she's just recently started working on it. Because as far as I'm aware, you are her first romance after Marjolaine. So maybe second romance in her whole life. Um, like actual romance. And, you know, she she fell into a bad habit with Marjolaine. Like Marjolaine totally messed her up. And I think this romance can help heal her heart a little bit. Which is kind of a common theme with the Dragon Age Origins romances. They are all a little bit wounded. There's something about a romance option where you are like, I can fix you. Just makes it more attractive, right? I don't know about healthy, but attractive. I do identify, though, with her hopeless romantic heart. I think that's really cute. I love that. I mean, I don't want it all the time. She's a bit cloying, kind of like her signature scent would be. But I do like a little bit of that hopeless romance. And I think... The fact that she's a wide-eyed idealist is cute. Like, she is the one... It's a very dire situation in Dragon Age Origins. And she's a bright spot of sunshine. She is the white rose on the dying bush that she talks about in the very beginning. Where she interpreted as the signal from the maker that everything will be okay after the blight. And I think it's really interesting thinking about the connections between Leliana and the overall story in Dragon Age. The blight is a song, but it's a song of sickness. And Liliana's song is actually about the Uthanara, which is the elven sleep that makes them immortal. And it's like healing. And it's just a really interesting connection between all these overarching Dragon Age things. So I just, as a character, I find her very, very interesting. I always go into character analysis when we do romance ratings because I can't separate the individual from the romance, but her romance is kind of lame to me. Like I wouldn't pick it personally, but I like Liliana a lot. I was always her friend. So I was actually just kind of thinking about that when you said this, 
that you it's hard for you to separate the romance uh, from the character analysis in your breakdown. And since we are currently wrapping up Dragon Age and about to start a new, quote, season. Mm -hmm. But so I was thinking that we split up our rating systems because to me in my head, romance is way different than sexual relationships. Mm. So what if I did a one to ten scale on how good the sex was and you can do a one to ten scale on how good the romance was? Sure. Oh my. Do you have a story this week? I love listening to your stories. Maya. Well, I guess I can tell you the story of Maya. Yes. On how I got her. The story of Maya. Uh, So Maya is a rescue kitty, but not in a normal fashion. My cousin's best friend was getting out of a horrible relationship. And unfortunately, the ex-boyfriend is the one that bought the cat. She was like, every time I look at the cat, I think of him. I can't do it. So Maya was only, she was just under a year old. And my friend is looking to get rid of her cat. And I'm like, I'm looking to get cat. And so that is how I got her. I rescued her from a sad, sad house who could not keep her anymore the stars aligned Um, i yeah love that so i'm not the one that named her mine at a year old yeah everyone adopt don't shop that's my Mm -hmm. soapbox as a chronic kitten foster mom and previous shelter employee i will always advocate for animal welfare um (laughs) i have two Uh, mine just put uh put her tail in enchilada sauce so there's that delicious surprise for later um i have two cats i have a black cat named mary who i foster failed with i've had him since he was 10 days old my specialty with fostering is bottle baby kittens otherwise known as neonatal kittens meaning they have to be bottle fed and he was one of the first kittens i bottle fed him and his brother were mary and pippin Uh, my friend adopted pippin and i could not bear the thought of leaving mary but He is not the crazy cat. My other cat, Oliver, his full name is Oliver Danger Softpaws. And he is a tuxedo cat. Something about tuxedo cats, they're insane. He was rescued when we lived in Hawaii. And this happened while we still lived in Hawaii. Um, We were stationed there. That was when I was still in the Navy. And he was a kitten. (laughs) And we lived in a 500 square foot apartment. So it was like one big room, basically, with like a bedroom off to the side. And somebody, I had the fridge open and Ollie, as a kitten, jumped inside the fridge and someone knocked on the door at like at that exact moment. And I turned around to go answer the door because that was before I learned to just never answer the door. (laughs) Like for people, I was young and stupid and the fridge door closed. I didn't really pay attention. Turns out my cat was in the fridge. I answered the door. And it's a like wandering salesman, a vacuum salesman. Like those things still existed then. I don't know if they do anymore. It's like Kirby vacuum. And he's like trying to sell me this vacuum. And I start to hear, wow, 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 like meowing from the fridge. And I'm like, God damn it, my cat got in the fridge. So I was like, I need to go, sir. And he was like, what? <laughs> and then at that moment, my cat somehow opened the fridge door 
he like burst out of the fridge and like landed really heavily on his paws and like shook himself and trotted off like nothing happened. He was only in the fridge for like 30 seconds at this point. And I looked at the guy and he looked at me and I looked at him and I was like, he was cold. And the guy at the same time just nods. I was like, yeah, it's hot out. And I was like, okay, bye. And shut the door. And I was like, wow, he thinks I abuse my cat by putting him in the fridge on purpose. Like that was definitely not what happened. Like I don't put my, and still to this day, he will run in the fridge any chance he gets the second it opens. And he's real big now. He's like a 15 pound cat. He's not fat. He's just a huge cat. And I'm, I'm always dragging him out of the fridge. I'm like, get out of there. Why are you going in there? He didn't learn your lesson. Maybe he likes it. It's probably to get spinach because he's obsessed with spinach. <laughs> and we have a rabbit. He doesn't eat. Well, I shouldn't say spinach because sometimes we have spinach for us. But rabbits can't eat spinach very often. They're high in oxidives. But we have spring mix. And he'll go after that too. And it's just crazy. I don't get him at all. He's the worst. He's seriously a demon. I love him so much, but he makes it so hard to love him. Yeah. I don't know if we've actually talked about our Dragon Age Origins stories. A little bit in the episode that's coming up next week. Mm. But my origin story is actually kind of, well, I'm brand new to Bioware. Like, all things Bioware apparently just, like, flew right over my head when they were coming out. So I I had just finished Skyrim again for like the hundredth time, probably more like seventh, eighth time. And uh, I was looking for a new game that was similar to an open world style. And I wanted another RPG. And I was just like, all right, what does Google say? I'm done with Skyrim. What to play next? And Mass Effect, Dragon Age... And I think like one other game popped up, but it was like the third game in a series. And I was like, eh, I don't want to go back and, you know, if it's saying that I should play number three because number one and number two suck, I can't. My completionist brain wouldn't let me start at game number three. Um, so I was like, all right, I will install both Mass Effect. I have played Dragon's Dogma. So I, oh, I yep, I've. I've done that one. I've never even heard of it. Uh, I used to stream it. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and it's short, too. That's I can good. speed run it in like 30 hours. Oh, that's not short. <laughs> short for me is like an indie game. Like, oh, there's only eight hours of gameplay or something, you know. 30 oh. hours doesn't sound short to me. Just because my life is so busy. For now. an RPG, though, it is. Oh, it's, I didn't know what, what kind of game it was. I guess I should have assumed RPG. Good sales pitch there. So yeah, and I had just gotten off the of Skyrim, so I was like, I'm going to play Mass Effect first because I wanted to shoot people in the face with a blaster. And then I learned that it's not called a blaster and that the Turian guy is not called Gareth, Garrison, Garson. Like, I streamed my first playthrough of Mass Effect and I was like, okay, Jace played this back in the day. I think I remember people. I for sure remembered Rex. But then for some reason, my one of my friend's little brother's name is Gareth, G-A-R-E-T-H. And so I kept I kept wondering where when Gareth was going to get here. So I see uh, Nihilus pop up on the screen and I'm like, oh, is that Gareth? No, I see Saren pop up on the screen. Oh, is that Gareth? What do they all look alike to you? (laughs) I mean, all I knew was that it was Turian. It's better. It's better than my dad. On your first, 
he on the first playthrough, all Turians look alike. <laughs> yeah. And my they're all named Gareth. Just, my dad just picked up Legendary Edition and he demands I FaceTime him while he plays so I can tell him where to go. And I'm like, this is exhausting. Like, you're never finished at this rate. <sighs> and so all I've seen him do is get to the Citadel, basically go through Eden Prime and that's it. But the first thing opens up, the very first video, like cutscene, and Nihilus is talking to you. My dad's like, whoa, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, it's Atarian, damn it. <laughs> Don't react like that. They are friends. My Dragon Age origin story is old, um, very old. I played it when it first came out in 2009. I'm a huge high fantasy nerd, so I had played a little bit of Mass Effect before then, which is how I was introduced to Bioware, but... I didn't really get into it at the time because I was, like I said, much more into high fantasy than I was sci-fi. And, you know, the first Mass Effect game just didn't catch me at the time. I went back and played it later after Dragon Age Origins came out and got into it. I think it was when the second one came out. And then, um, but Origins, I played it for the first time as a 16-year-old young lady. Loved it ever since. I own all the books and all the comics. I've read them all. I've played every game in um, my canon romance is definitely Alistair, but we, we've established that. I want him. I want Sev. That's, I. Yeah, yeah. now that you know about I never that. thought that, well, yeah, now that I know about him, uh, because, I mean, so I'm not going to call Alistair my canon just because he's who I picked in my first ever playthrough. No, canon is never first playthrough. See, I. you pick on your second once you have more information. My first playthrough was Dalish Elf Woman because I will always choose Elf when possible. And I had no idea about hardening him. So when I got to the end and I found out I couldn't be his consort, like he just dumped me. I Googled it in the early days of like internet um, game walkthroughs and stuff. And I found out about that whole scene that one tiny line you have to say to him, otherwise it won't work. You won't harden him. And then I found out you could be queen if you were a female warden, Kusland, noble human. And I was like, all right. So I restarted the game as a noble human. And that is my canon playthrough. So I did romance him twice. <laughs> First time and then canon time because I didn't even want to try anyone else. So I was like, nope, Alistair for me. Yeah. He's so cute. I think... My I have my canon Mass Effect set for Femshep. I don't know if I actually have canon Broshep yet. There are two romances that I haven't fully watched for him yet. I think it's and funny that I is feel... the completionist you are. Like you want both canon to be set to like, I don't care. Like I don't do that at all. <laughs> That's why I was able to play Witcher 3 from the get go and never played one and two. <laughs> I played one. I definitely played one. Uh, we'll get to that soon. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember playing two, though. Oh, well, all right. Are we ready to wrap up Dragon Age December? Yeah. Well, our lovely shipsters can reach me on the Robots Radio Discord and our normal schedule of live streaming on Twitch on Fridays um, will be changing a little bit. Um, but we are still going to be releasing all of our podcast episodes on Sundays. That part is not going to change. Yes. So today is our last Twitch live stream for the year. We'll be back to Twitch 
on January 14th, that Friday, same time, 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific. But like Jen said, every Sunday until then, we're having episodes come out. So you won't have to miss us too much. So next week is the first episode in Join Us January with our two favorite Dragon Age lore experts. Yes, we love the cups. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. And during this time, I might stream more of my Mass Effect 3 playthrough. So stay tuned on that. Thank you for listening. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts. Podcasts.